Good morning, my name is Jürgen Steinmetz from Livestream.Travel in Honolulu, reporting for Etober News and Rebuilding.Travel. Today, uh, you will meet Paul Rogers. He's with Planet Happiness in North South Wales in Australia. And his business is happiness. What a better business to be in during times of crisis and pandemics and so forth. Hear from Paul, who has 20 years experience as a senior tourism advisor to national and local tourism organizations and has worked in more than a dozen countries in South and Southeast Asia, in Africa and Australia. His focus has been on the policy and planning arena on using tourism as a vehicle for development and now for happiness. Enjoy. Aloha and good afternoon. My name is Jürgen Steinmetz. I'm joining you from Livestream.Travel in Honolulu. And with me is Paul Rogers. He's joining us from Australia, from Sydney, I believe. And uh, he's a happy man. He's in the happy tourism <laughs> uh, business. Uh, welcome, Paul, to our show. Thank, thanks very much, Jürgen. Thank you. Uh, I'm not, not, not in Sydney. I'm in a small place called Lennox Head, just south of Byron Bay in uh, northern New South Wales. Uh, but yeah, great to, great to be with you. Thanks for this. Oh, yeah. No, no great. Uh, now, everyone, when you think about Australia, I guess it's, you think Sydney first. Sydney but, or Brisbane. Yeah, yeah but you're, you're quite a bit larger country than Sydney. I, I understand this. <laughs> and I've been there. I mean, you fly... It's like going from coast to coast in the U.S. You go from Sydney to Perth, so quite some distances in your countries. <laughs> sure. But uh, yeah, uh, tell us a little bit more why uh, you're the happy man in tourism. <laughs> uh, okay, thanks. Uh, well, by way of a, an introduction, um, I uh, I started engaging in tourism following a, a trip up to the Mount Everest National Park as a as a backpacker 30 years ago. And, um, you know, it was a life changing moment and uh, I just wanted to go back and spend more time in the mountains. And one thing led to another and I ended up doing a, a PhD on, on what is ecotourism and is the Everest region an example of ecotourism. Um, and, you know, such a remote part of the planet or what was a remote part of the planet, tourism has transformed this destination, um, it providing some of the best healthcare in the country, rural healthcare, some of the best rural education, um, and the local community are, are thoroughly integrated in all aspects of, of tourism development, of resource management. Uh, you know, they manage the positive and negative impacts of tourism in, incredibly well. It's, it's actually one of the best, uh, the, the best examples of, of tourism development I've ever seen. Um, and so, you know, two years ago, I revisited this area and was really taken aback by just how successful that, that model of tourism has become. Um, and over the last uh, 15 or so years, I've had the great pleasure to work in Bhutan, assisting them with their, their tourism planning. Uh, and they introduced me to the, as they do everybody else, uh, the concept of gross national happiness. And so, uh, over the years, I've, I've taken a great interest in this happiness agenda. Um, I was very fortunate in 2011-2012 to be invited to what was billed as a high-level meeting on happiness and well-being at the UN in New York, um, where I met 
thought leaders, change makers in the happiness and well-being uh, agenda. And so, you know, I've always been drawn to that. And a couple of years ago, um, we came up with this concept of, of planet happiness to bring what we might call the Bhutan approach to, to destination planning and management. Wow, an, an, an interesting um, part. So what do you guys do? It's obviously uh, you're a service business and uh, you're bringing something to the industry what the industry probably desperately need right now is uh, some positive outlook. So tell us a little bit more, yeah. maybe what are you doing? How do you benefit the, the industry? Okay, so we've set Planet Happiness up as a project of a, a not-for-profit registered in the US in Seattle. Mm -hmm. uh, my colleague and co-founder, Laura Musikansky, she's the executive director of the Happiness Alliance which has been for 10 years providing tools and resources to communities, governments, businesses uh, on, on this happiness agenda. And the backbone of our planet happiness approach really revolves around the tool she developed from looking at the way Bhutan subjectively uh, measures happiness and well-being. So um, we have a what, what is called the happiness index survey. It's an online survey that measures um, your happiness in, in about 10 or 15 minutes. You answer about 50 questions across what we call domains, 11 domains, uh, trust in government, uh, satisfaction with the environment, uh, mental health, physical health, uh, sense of community. There are these 11 domains. And at the end of your 15 minutes of taking the, the survey, you get a one page scorecard, which gives you your personal score compared to everybody else that has taken the survey across these 11 domains. And so that makes you think, oh, wow, you know, how happy am I compared to everybody else? Why don't you take it and I'll compare the, my scores with your score? And it, so it, 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 it sparks conversations about what we mean by well-being and how it can be measured. And it occurred to me as a destination planner for the last 20 years, that if we were to deploy the survey in tourism destinations, then we can get a, a happiness score for the host community. And two years ago, we're in, we were in a very different situation than we are today. And the, the issue of over tourism was, was being, you know, talked about uh, all over the place and was becoming increasingly relevant to different destinations. Um, and being a tourism planner and listening to, to conversations around the over-tourism agenda, I think the one thing that everybody would agree is that if you want to address issues of over-tourism, you need to engage the host community. And so what we have with our approach is a method to focus the attention of all stakeholders on what is meant by well-being and destination well-being and how to to come up with interventions that will address the, the deficient domain areas in that one page scorecard, if you can, if you, <laughs> if you can see what I mean. Oh, and, and, and interesting. So it's, uh, uh, and now you're talking about, of course, over tourism, you said is no longer really an issue for any destination. And so how, how, do, how do you adopt, uh, uh, how is your concept going to work with uh, the current situation? Yeah, well, I think we, I think we all know that, that tourism is gonna you know, come back to, 
to um, to a, a place well everybody wants us to build back better right and so what we do with our happiness index uh, for destinations is engage with residents is engage with the host community um, and so by illustrating by showing people these one page destination scorecards and looking where the areas are deficient we can look to see what the community is recommending for interventions that are needed to strengthen destination well-being and for any destination to recover at the moment it needs to focus on the the quality of life on the uh, the well-being of the residents and this is exactly what we're about and and recovery as WTTC have also illustrated and many others is about building trust and cooperation and partnership among the stakeholders. So I think by focusing on individual community destination well-being issues and building synergies and partnerships with with the different partners with the different stakeholders uh, to identify what interventions what actions are needed to support well-being tourism recovery then uh, storylines will emerge from this which can support destinations to to recover from the 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 crisis that the the pandemic has has brought about um, by a destination focusing on on promoting the health and well-being the quality of life for local people using storylines in the media to illustrate how it's doing that is going to build trust uh, for for visitors and potential visitors to return to those destinations. So when you look at uh, our destination here in Hawaii, for example, we really have been hit uh, tremendously by the COVID situation. In March, I think March 17th was the day when um, our government closed the state for tourism. So people who wanted to come here had to stay two weeks in a hotel room, but of course, realistically, no tourists would do. Uh, now on Thursday, in two days from now, we're reopening after seven months of, of lockdown. People are depressed. Um, today, the CEO of the Hawaii Tourism Authority compared Hawaii um, with a uh, with the alum, uh, compared Hawaii that uh, we are in a free fall uh, when it comes to tourism and economy. Can your system somehow? Can your uh, system somehow um, help uh, to get uh, both, and in this case, I mean, the local stakeholders in the industry that are frustrated, many of them are out of a job, and they don't know if this job is coming back. Uh, stores are closed, hotels are uh, running with five or 10% capacity. It, so how, how can you show a positive well-being and how can you implement this for a destination like Hawaii, for example? Yeah, well, it, it's interesting that you mentioned Hawaii, uh, Jürgen, because I saw in the media just a couple of days ago that in terms of their tourism planning, they're intending to, to reach out to the host community uh, to engage them on, on tourism related issues. Um, now, we all know as well that, that tourism has been one of the world's largest employers and through the collapse that has come about as a result of the pandemic, you know, something like 100 million jobs have been lost. And so a lot of employees in the sector will be wanting to find new income earning opportunities and will be wanting to, to win 
those tourists back. They'll want to, their destinations to recover, to, to get back the employment and the income that, that they've lost. And so, as I've, as I've said, um, what our approach does is engage host communities in tourism-related issues, in well-being-related issues, and it builds sparks conversations and dialogue across uh, all elements of, 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 the, of the sector to bring about the synergies that are, that are needed to, to win back tourism and to build back better, as everybody has been, has been describing. Um, I, I do believe that uh, our process can also help to innovate in terms of, of product development, in terms of connecting uh, visitors with local residents for intimate uh, knowledge uh, and experiences of the destination with the innovation that is coming about through the internet, through uh, different supply chain channels. Uh, you know, I think we're in a, in a good position to support this regeneration of the, of the industry uh, and dialogues to build back more responsibly, more sustainably to deliver benefits to, to the host communities rather than the large businesses and, and watch the, you know, a large percentage of the revenue um, leaking out to, to bank accounts that, that might be uh, in the Seychelles or, or offshore uh, <laughs> offshore right. places we we're focused on on giving communities this the resources the the to to build back to to get benefits as individuals as small businesses and so on so how, how would you do this like uh, you you you're, you would be hired by a tourism board for example they would invite you to their destination you analyze what to do and then you come up with a plan or um, how do you guys work or you do this remotely yeah, we, we have a 10-step process uh, and our approach is focused upon building the capacity of local institutions, being it, be it a DMO or be it a, a, a university department, for example. Um, but essentially, the best process is to partner with a DMO, raise awareness of a, a project management team within the DMO, uh, we sign uh, a one-page or a one-and-a-half-page uh, simple MOU uh, that um, explains the responsibilities of, of both parties. Um, we then do some more detailed training of that core team and support them to develop a, a deployment strategy for the, for the survey. You know, it can be done online uh, by working with the sector's uh, stakeholders uh, strategies can be developed to distribute the survey through social media and traditional media um, to, to start the process off. Um, also, I should say a, a fourth step before deploying the survey, it makes sense to reach out and engage uh, the host community, let them know that this process is about to happen so that when they come across the survey, they are more likely to take it. Um, so then the survey is deployed, a result comes in. Uh, we have this one page scorecard, which sparks conversations, as I've said. Behind that, it is a big data uh, process. So we can develop more detailed reports in partnership with that, that DMO, looking at the relationship of tourism and well-being in the community and working out what issues to, to bring out in community meetings through reports, through presentations to get the suggestions and recommendations from communities as, what it, as to what is needed 
to to build back the the tourism the tourism sector. Um, so once those recommendations come in, then uh, the intervention is uh, is is implemented. The actions, whatever they may be, um, and then maybe a year later, uh, we redeploy the survey to measure the success uh, of that of that strategy and redesign it for the next twelve months. Okay, so you would in in this case, if if Hawaii was interested in in your project, you would physically come here, right? And I would love it. to. I would love to come to Hawaii, uh, Jürgen. Yes, <laughs> I've, I've never been before. I'd be very happy to come over and okay. uh, and support the process. Uh, however, if that's not not possible, um, you know, we we can deliver the the training, the resource, the resources okay. remotely, the training remotely, um, and it can all be managed from within the the destination without us being there. Okay. Okay. That's uh, uh, quite quite an interesting approach is very different from uh, anything else out there. And I, I would assume uh, there could be uh, quite a need right now uh, with everyone rebuilding this industry from scratch pretty much, because it's not going to be the same way it was no matter where you look, right? I, I totally agree, yeah. And I, I think what we have is a very uh, refreshing and forward-looking approach. Um, the happiness agenda aligns with the sustainable UN Sustainable Development Goals. Um, all the domains line up with uh, with the different goals, um, and um, yeah, you look at enlightened governments around the world. Uh, you know, not just Bhutan with this agenda, but uh, Iceland, uh, the United Arab Emirates. Uh, they ho host a, a global dialogue on happiness at their World Government Summit every year that we we're invited to. Uh, New Zealand, uh, all the European member states are involved in some form of of happiness. Uh, measurement and policy prescription, and what what we have is a is an approach that that um, engages, as I say, host communities. Uh, it, 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 it as part of that approach, it raises awareness of what is happening at this uh, higher government level to bring in happiness policies from a top-down approach. And what we're doing is, is creating traction at the grassroots level to accelerate that take-up of, of well-being um, policies. I mean, the World, Travel, yeah, the World Travel and Tourism Council last week announced a huge cooperation with the G20 and the G20 meeting in Saudi Arabia later this year what is, I guess, bankrolled also by the king um, of Saudi Arabia and a, a global approach supported by all stakeholders. Would um, happiness, uh, could happiness be part of it? Is this, is this WGTC someone you reached out to or you're planning to reach out to? <laughs> <laughs> um, we, um, we are in uh, ongoing conversations with uh, colleagues at WTTC regarding uh, our approach. Um, and so I would say anything is, is possible, Jürgen. One of the challenges we have with our approach is that, you know, still today, most people are not just not familiar with this happiness and well-being agenda. Uh, I, I've been to numerous conferences around the world where I talk to, to corporates or government uh, leaders. And, you know, everyone is fascinated by, well, what do you mean by happiness and well-being? How can we measure it? Um, but trying to uh encourage the, the depth of knowledge to give confidence to support this process moving forward takes a little bit of of time it takes people 
you know, it's going to take them a little bit of time to understand that this is more than just about, oh, I'm happy. Oh, what, what is happiness? Isn't that a transient state? You know, the answer is no, is no, it's not. This is a, a recognized best practice approach to measuring the quality of life. Um, but the knowledge among different stakeholders uh, of this agenda is still, you know, a little bit thin at the moment. And so I do believe that moving forward with agendas that you've just said in Saudi Arabia or the UAE, uh, as knowledge of, of well-being uh, becomes more substantive, then our approach will get more and more traction moving forward. We're only going to grow. And if anyone wanted to talk to you and find out more what you're doing, how would they do this? You have a website? I assume you have a website. We, we have the Planet Happiness website. Um, we, we, it's not planethappiness.org. It's actually called ourheritage, ourhappiness.org. But if you search on Google, um, uh, you know, you can find us very easily. There is a 1.5 minute video on the homepage, which explains our, our COVID recovery uh, benefits. There are more in-depth uh, videos. And of course, you can contact us very easily through the website. Okay, we'll definitely be linking it uh, from our podcast posting as well. And um, Paul, is there anything else you think what is worthwhile for our listeners to know about? <laughs> That's a, you caught me a little bit un unprepared there, uh, there, Jürgen. Um, I think I already mentioned the great place to live is a, is a great place to, to visit adage, right? And we're fully supportive of, of that approach, if you like. Uh, we've recently signed an agreement with a wonderful media opportunity um, called A Taste of Happiness uh, by some colleagues in Europe that have been responsible for uh, producing MasterChef and, and various other food uh, culinary programs. And so we, the, the emphasis of A Taste of Happiness is to identify local food heroes, the growers, the producers, of food at the, you know, at the destination level um, and talk about organic regenerative agriculture, food production, artisanal food, which all contributes towards the destination branding. Uh, the video programs will integrate uh, information about this well-being agenda. So that's another uh, element that we can bring to the destination recovery. Uh, process to, to celebrate, you know, the food, uh, the landscapes of, of destinations. Um, we did a, a great uh, uh, video recently with Randy Durbin from the CEO of the Global Sustainable Tourism Council, looking at the relationship uh, we have with uh, the GSTC criteria. Uh, so that will be available for people soon. So, yeah, you know, we, we look forward to um, sharing stories and supporting destinations with their recovery wherever they may be. We also, I could just quickly mention, you know, over the last 20 years as a tourism planner, I've met so many destination planners that are also quite taken with our approach. And so we have a number of consultants that are keen to work with us to support destinations with this capacity building process that is needed to to kickstart the rollout of our of our approach. Wonderful. Well, that was a lot of information. <laughs> I would encourage for people to go to your website, and we will link it, and to find out more. But uh, hopefully, we can hear more from you as things are progressing. And um, I hope you're safe wherever you are, and you're happy wherever you are. And <laughs> 
and uh, we, we can catch up with you again very soon. That, that's fantastic. Thank, thanks very much, Jürgen. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm happy enough here in Australia for the time being, but like everybody else, I'd be uh, very keen to, to start traveling again, which, um, which is what I've been doing for the last 20 years with this, with this work. And I have a lot of contracts, particularly in, in Asia, to, to fulfill. So, yeah, I really hope that, that we can all uh, start progressing and getting back to normal step by step uh, in, the, in the months and years ahead. I can second that 100%. Okay, you have a nice evening, nice afternoon, and uh, we talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Jürgen. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for listening to another edition from Livestream.Travel. We will be back with more updates from eTurbo News soon. If you have any questions or you like to be featured in one of our upcoming editions, simply go to livestream.travel and click on contact. For more information on the Travel News Group, publisher of eTurbo News, Hawaii News Online, Travel Wire News, and many others, go to travelnewsgroup.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back soon.